Setsu Machu Preschool. I'm Makasu, and I'm three years old. Math monsters have kidnapped all my friends in the playground. I'm gonna have to use my knowledge of shapes to get to them. Huh, this one is square. Which hole is square? Huh, I gotta find Which one. Do I shove the square? Which one is? How do I put it? How do I put it? Welcome back to Owls Only, the Adult Swim podcast. I'm the god of podcasts, Bryce Hope, and I'm a horny little bitch boy. And we have a very special guest today. He is the creator and star of the show we're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, Maxi Manet. Hey, what's so funny? So you're the god of podcasts, and your catchphrase is a line from Game Usetu. <laughs> That's so <Yes>. funny. <laughs> I just touched my cat, and she jumped away. I think there's a static electricity in me. The god of static electricity? I'm not, I'm not a god of anything. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that shit. <laughs> I think I shocked it. I shocked this cat, and I want to clarify that this cat does not jump. She was just lying down on me. She's very sweet. It's not like that. There's that one clip, if you watch uh, Gino Samuel or whatever his name's 80-part series on Chris Chan, mm-hmm. where he's holding – She's they're holding their cat – and it's like going, and it's led. It makes everyone think that this person abuses cats. Is that a thing? Is that like a thing in the um, in the Gino like Christian com- documentary community? I think there are theories that that Christian hurts cats, but then I've seen them act nicely with cats. Oh, I thought you meant like Gino um, Samuel, not like Christian. No. Chris Chan abuses the cats. Okay, that I that I can believe. I thought you meant. I thought you meant there was like a theory where like the documentarian like themselves abuses the cats. <laughs> That'd be, be so funny. <laughs> it'd be wild. But yes, yeah, so we're talking about um, Game of Machu Picchu. This is kind of our April Fools' episode because, um, as those of you who listen who are listening to this know. Um, Game Useru came out, like the first season came out as one like four and a half hour long epic that aired from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. on April 1st, 2019. So we can just get right into this. So what's the story behind the show? I mean, you can tell like kind of like the Lazo story about like how the show got started, essentially. Absolutely. And I'm also um, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is where you edit back in through the magic of editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we just cut out a large argument that I had <laughs> with B-Man about a lot of things. Uh, yeah, it's, so it started with I was making them for Adult Swim's dreams. I was making shorts in 2018. That was the year before it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that were primarily Dave Bonowitz, my co-host for Blood Feast, which is the crossword show, was out of town in Japan. Uh, and, uh, I had, was working with, don't know if she was an intern at that point or brought on as an employee, but Clara Murray, who I forgot to credit in the <laughs> game who set two credits of all the huge credits at the end of chapter five, Clara Murray, who designed the original character designs based off clothes I was wearing one day, went in the office and a drawing of Dave 
Uh oh. For some reason, that was like the one name I forgot to put in the season one credits, and I've always regretted it. And she doesn't talk to me anymore. No, that's <clears> not true. But you don't know. You never know if someone secretly resents you or not. Yeah. Because you can resent someone and tolerate them and talk to them sometime. And when you make a mistake like that, so here I am publicly stating, uh, I forgot to credit Clara Murray. Anyway, you know, it wasn't just my fault. We could blame all the producers, too. But whatever. Yeah. I was making shorts with her. Um, I would write a script. She would start drawing, tracing poses. And based on an outfit I was wearing, I was wearing a, a red T-shirt that said Stax Music on it that I actually got from Matt Harrigan, uh, who's an old adult swim guy, worked on mm -hmm. Space Ghost and stuff. I was at a Thanksgiving night with him and his wife one year. I believe Dave and Cho showed up. Maybe Cho didn't, but I spilled red wine on my shirt, and he said, take this shirt, or his wife said, take this shirt. And mm -hmm. that's the shirt I was wearing with khaki pants and sandals the day Clara Murray drew me as Makasu. In a series of little shorts we made for Blood Feast that were about, I don't know, two to three minutes about a guy who's in South America to get the treasure of the South Americans by fighting all the Incan gods <clears throat> in tennis. Was a little inspired by um, Tintin in the Land of the Lost Sun or whatever the fuck. I also earlier, I think earlier that year, I had had that. I kept saying to myself, I want to make an anime. I want to make an anime. I want to make an anime. I think I just binged a bunch of shit, like binged Steins Gate that winter. Yeah. And like just a bunch of shows, and it was just in my mind. It's like, I want to do something like that. I want to do something like that. And I know that, um, like, for instance, you can look at Ballmasters, which is another far more beautiful looking anime parody show on Adult Swim but I, I know uh, from Christy being a friend of mine that we like we come from different angles I was instead of coming from uh, uh, I'm not a big shonen fan I'm not a big old robot anime fan I'm none of these things yeah. I like the overly pretentious ones where they talk too much <laughs> and so I was just making these things where I'd rant and then suddenly there'd be a food wars like moment where in the tennis match, Makasu would explain the trick, and he would beat the Incan god. Oh, here's the way I actually beat you, Ikeko. I such and such, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they and they explain how they win, which is a lot like a Metal Gear cutscene or something like that. They're Everything's up on the explaining. ice cubes. They're all they're up on the ice cubes. Which <laughs> one's that? Well, yeah, that one's that one's from the real one. Whatever. Regardless, we made like a few of these shorts, and then I was like, I like this. I like this. I'm gonna pitch it as a 4 a.m. project to Mike mm -hmm. Lazo. I send him an email. I don't even think he watches the videos. I think he, at a certain point, is like, you know, we've just had this meeting about what to do with April Fools, and you sent me this email for this 20-minute idea, which was like, yeah, well, if we want to, we can use what I already have, which mm -hmm. is like a skill set I have, I would say, is whether or not like you like what I make or not, I am pretty good at getting people to make the right things for me and yeah. being able to make enough of my m enough of it myself or break it up in the edit like that I can have enough control to make a proof of concept which is uh not something everyone can do especially writers or actors yeah. you know to make just like a cartoon look the way almost it should <laughs> you know and to put enough sound and music to have it just like punchily carry you way through i remember at some of these uh adult swim like company-wide meetings uh they would show us like an animatic for a show they were unsure about 
and an animatic. A lot of these, they lack the sound effects. They lack the music. So already, it's bare as hell. So here I am yeah. with like, I have these tight proof of concepts. Sure, they're barely any animation. It's glorified drawings and After Effects effects. But it's it's. I've layered it. It's dense. It's dense, and it's got timing, and it's got my aesthetic in it. And it I had it, and I was like, this could be a thing. These shorts, we could, if we wanted to, we could redo and make it look better. But the mm -hmm. response wasn't redo and make them look better. It was, could you make it for six hours uh -huh. in, in April? And this was like September. Yeah. And this was, I remember like saying, let me think about it. But within like a few days, I was like, yes. And I was mm -hmm. calling my mom and being like, do you think I should do this? Like, this is a huge opportunity yeah. for me. Like, not that it, in in retrospect, I don't know. It's a huge portfolio piece that I think is awesome. I don't know if it's, it might not matter in 20 years. No one will give a shit. Maybe it'll give me something someday. Maybe some kid growing up who likes it will be like, dude, this well, guy, we got to get him. <laughs> my thing is, it's on HBO Max. and Yeah, um, it's one of the few things they haven't removed. And I think it's because they don't pay anything for it. <laughs> yeah, because they don't have to pay residuals. They can just I don't get any forever. residuals. I don't, nothing, nobody gets shit. <laughs> But um, uh, I've told you, I told you this before where I was at a party and I met these two people who I'd never met before and they talked to me about like Gemusetu. Oh, so, yeah, that is awesome. That makes me on, feel good. It's on. But I, I was going to say, despite that, despite all that, not many artists, and I will call myself that right now, mm -hmm. have the opportunity to be obligated to make something on a tight timeline that that that's that big yeah and that like you know i was in planes for work trips and personal trips finishing these scripts i was getting people to help me write scripts yeah. anna thomas uh wrote like all the high school sections the first few drafts of those i had people in the office who were helping me with scripts kim manning did one and i was just like collaborating everything together and just trying to make it work working mm -hmm. on a small budget with uh the people at Awesome Inc., Liz Mackey was working there at the time. She's someone who used to work at Adult Swim and is yeah. uh, someone I've known for, I guess, about a decade now. Time flies. And um, it was just like an awesome opportunity. So even if it like, I mean, it was an experience. It was experiential as fuck, but it was yeah. also like uh, the perfect place to like prove myself, at least to like Mike Lazo and some people in the building. Uh like I could uh, that I could pull this off mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh, and it just you know like I said to the opportunity to express yourself to that to, to yeah. an audience of that many people not many people have that chance man that's awesome no that that's sick awesome. so, that, so that's what happened was like I was given a, a, a pretty short turnaround and uh, I awesome ink even hired like just kids off Instagram who were like oh. learning animation or just out of college or something like that. Yeah. A lot of them were awesome, but it was like, we can't, this can't be done the way normally things are done. And especially since I had like this idea that like, if we can't make it look beautiful, let's make it change all the time. So it's uh -huh. interesting. No. Yeah. Um, also, um, speaking to that about like people like remembering it in 20 years, one of the comments on the YouTube video of the full, like four hour thing is this guy talking about how his girlfriend broke up with him while it was on TV. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. So did Lazo? Did that that idea just kind of like spin out of Lazo's head at that meeting? Is was he just kind of like make it for six hours? Well, he came to my office with Matt Harrigan and said, mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, you sent me that thing. Can you make it six hours?" I and I'm pretty sure he hadn't watched the shorts yet. <laughs> so did 
when you come up with April Fools, because this was this could also be our April Fools episode. Um, was do, or did Lazo do like come up with all those, or like him and Harrigan, or was it sort of like a collaborative I think effort? I, among... I the times I was there after that year. Well, we had there. So one, I know Lazo was obsessed with Fish Center, and I knew his. I know his whims probably dictated some of that. Yeah. Uh, some of the April. Okay, my cat's stepping on the. I said I want the piano on, and now she's stepping on it. Now I'm really gonna have to hurt her. I'm, I'm adding, gonna, like, adding dramatic tension to it. I'm gonna punch this cat right now. <laughs> what if I had a sound effect queued up of? Wow. Yeah, it was just like, like the, yeah. I'm a freak. I'm just hitting animals. I don't do that. Um, so I don't. I don't. I, I don't think it was just him. I'm not absolutely sure. It, it, it really depended. Yeah. I think. I think if people came to him with ideas, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I do know. I remember being told we're doing Fish Center all night, like in 2015 or 16. Yeah, it's 16. a coin hunt one. And uh, 15. Yeah, because sixteen. And that was probably just Lazo being like, "Can you guys do this?" I, I, I probably that was probably that. Uh, yeah. This one was they can't. They were having meetings about April Fools in the fall, and they came to me uh, afterwards. Uh, I, I all I can attest to is the year it was Adult Swim Junior. Mm-hmm. I remember being in meetings about that and helping discover what it should be. Helping, yeah. like with like a group of people, including Michael Cahill and Michael Oline and stuff. Well, for three years, um, Gammy said he was part of April Fools because yes, and that was deliberately. Yeah. I did that on purpose as much as I could because the second year, <laughs> the second year, what was we did the Post Malone thing? Yep, which was uh, I'm I'm sure Harrigan. I think Harrigan got everyone on board for that, and I thought that was fun one. No, I, that's, that's I, probably I like doing that. That's one of my favorites. I think. I, really, I, I've that's been, good. I've been watching them live since 2014 which since i was like four since like in high school like since i was like 2014 mm-hmm. and so that's of all the ones i've seen live that one and like game is are probably my favorite ones really what 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 did you like about the post malone one because that one was like in terms of the brunt of the work it was like harrigan and i writing ideas while we were in houston mm-hmm. about to uh record post malone and then dave bonowitz and i just doing all the post eventually yeah. remote right i think the last week we were remote that was when covid was about to start yeah because i was like two weeks into covid is when that happened yeah but um i love that one specifically because i'm just like i do this podcast and i run that instagram account because i'm a freak and like i get into like adult swim stuff the way that like 30 year olds get into like the mcu and so just um and I do, well, I do love the pranks where they're fucking with people. I always want to see, like, the tiniest little, like, fanboy part of my brain always does want to see, like, oh, what if we see something new this year? And mm-hmm. so the second they got into Primal, I was like, oh, shit, here we fucking go. And then as soon as I realized they were doing new episodes all night, because this was after the 12-Ounce Mouse special, before season three of 12-Ounce Mouse. And I was yeah. just, like... I was just chomping at the bit for more 12 ounce mouse. And I was like, holy shit, we're going to see like real, we're going to see more 12 ounce mouse tonight. And so that was a big part of it. Um, the tender touches episode that aired is one of my favorites. There's one of the best um, Bradley freakouts in that one. Um, Which ep- is that the one where about the divorce? Yeah. That's the one where you where fire he, we him. fire Brad. <laughs> and yeah. He, and he was really, we technically, here's a behind the scenes. That's probably been said before. Uh, I think, so our producer was like, we can't 
pretend to fire him. That's <laughs> not mm. how it works. We have to give him a schedule of the days he's going to work. Yeah. So he was scheduled for future days uh-huh. of recording. But we said, yeah, that's a wrap-up. <laughs> and he was still a little confused. Um, which is um, good. If anybody wants to watch a show where uh, one of the stars isn't quite sure what's happening most of the time, but tries to roll with it. It's like Paul T. Goldman, but less unhinged. I love Tender Touches. Um, but yeah, I also recommend night... Paul. I recommend Paul T. Goldman. If you like Tender Touches, watch Paul T. Goldman <laughs> on right. Peacock. Um, keep that in mind. But um, I just I I very much like when they have a lot of variety too, because it's like all night you don't know i didn't know it's going to come up next because there's like the first yolo episode that night uh, of course the big infamous thing from that is the smiling friends pilot which oh yeah i, I actually have a, i have a few um questions about that were you involved at all with getting that on the air like getting that pilot on the air no i mean i was shown it a few months before and i said yeah. i liked it no i mean we just got the encouragement was like let's get new let's show new things i yeah I'm going to be lame. You're raving about saying the new episodes. All I did was edit Post Malone clips and yeah. make stupid jokes. I didn't do anything. I didn't make sure there were shows. I'm, I guess, tender touches. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. My and part was the, the the sloppy framework. The other one I want to ask you that's like it's been a big fan theory in um, some Adult Swim circles is that the Dave in Dave Land is Dave Bonowitz. No, complete coincidence. But it Aww. does look like Dave, doesn't it? So it let's really say does. so. Let's and, say maybe I was lying just now. Because <laughs> I kind of wonder if like um, how many times that like Cusack and Hadel like would just pop up at William Street for like meetings about like whatever shows. I do kind of wonder if like they just never saw him in there. Never saw him. The only people I saw show up were Thundercat and uh, uh, Million Dollar Extreme. Oh, <laughs> I never no. saw anyone else show up. Oh, no. Thundercat or like, I mean, other people showed up. I, the yeah. Thundercat sticks out in my head. But, like, st- showmakers, no, they're probably meeting with people in L.A. Oh, no, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think they have any idea who Dave is, which is unfortunate. That is unfortunate. No, they should really reach out to us and make us a big part of their show. Well, Cusack's in this show. Cusack's in Game of Satu, isn't he? Yeah, because he's friends. He was friends with Swap Shop, and uh, Zach White put him in Game of Satu. Oh, okay. Which is nice, which is nice. Uh, That's kind of, I mean... But I'm he... not cool enough to be friends with Cusack. No, only... Only cool white people, like Zach, white people can do it. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not cool. Only cool white people like Justin Berlin can be friends with Michael Cusack. <laughs> uh, I, I no, but I did put in. Uh, I put in some people who were just had around. A lot of it though was just obviously people around the office. What what yeah. you have. So about Game of Sedu, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people get wrong about this show, and you see it a lot, is a lot of people are like, oh, this is just perfect hair forever. But to me, I think that fundamentally misunderstands this show and also its influences because I'm, I mean, I do like perfect hair forever, but that is much more like, that is a very Gen X understanding of anime, you know? Yes, it's very much, it's, it's my mentors and friends Lazo, Harrigan, uh, Malero, probably mm. Willis. But yes, it's a lot of Gen Xers who, and those guys are all a little too cool for anime. And I remember like, DeMarco saying, Game Usetu's like perfect hair forever if they un- if they understood anime. And I was like, yeah, it is, it is different. I mean, they're both sloppy. 
cheap parodies. But I would say Perfect Hair Forever isn't really a parody. It's it's really more like an in joke. Uh, I I would say it's those guys' style. It's a William Street show. Yes, with anime looking characters in it, right? Whereas yeah. it's very shit posty. I I mine is still shit posty, but mine's shit posty in like like I said, I'm taking huge inspiration from shows where they talk more than actually do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the fact that Metal Gear Solid 2 cuts to because of budget concerns just cuts to people talking on a radio <laughs> yeah. just to explain things for a long time or in Food Wars where they explain how they won or in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where uh like the combat like one whole episode might have like two bits of action that happen and when time is slowed they monologue for like a minute yeah well i mean i wasn't there obviously when they're making perfect hair forever i was like four but um perfect hair for i mean a lot of william street characters like they've made that circle like aqua teen 12 ounce mouse squidbillies it does seem like they have um a bit more like reverence for those characters whereas in perfect hair forever there isn't really too much to like grab onto but like in game you like makasu seems makasu is like a real character who goes through like real character growth and like and like an arc and stuff in both seasons and also it feels when you're watching game of said it feels more personal whereas perfect hair forever does feel like guys just like make trying to make each other laugh you know what i mean well and in and, and some ways I, I mean whichever one is more successful comedically to people is completely subjective i yeah i happen to very much like both some people might not like either i think uh perfect hair forever i think it stems from like oh People want Toonami. What if we made this to fuck yeah. with them, right? Yeah, Whereas Gamusetu was more like, let's make something even more insane and expansive, and with a big with its own lore. It was like a different approach to a similar joke. Yeah, uh, but and it's less. It I don't think it goes like this is the new Toonami show really at any point. It just goes. It's just the show. Yeah, it's not, there was no build up to it. It just starts playing and went all night. Uh, yeah. and I I and uh, I think. Uh, in some ways, I mean, the perfect hair benefits forever because, like, that's that's some of the funniest people I know sitting in a writer's room beating the yeah, shit absolutely. out of every scene and doing that in the edit. Whereas Gamu Setu, uh, didn't have the luxury because uh-huh. I just had to get it all out there. It just had, to, just had to get done. And that's one of my biggest biggest flaws is sometimes I just go with the flow, roll with it, and just let like first take be best take you know i mean i i do obsess and i get tighter on it but gemu setu is really just like letting it go just go it's happening and i look back on it and i'm like man if if i redid it i would do it differently but at the same time despite that despite the fact i'm like what the lake titty cock a tricky colon that's terrible that's stupid it's not but not good stupid there's so much in it that like if i think about it i'm like this isn't the funniest i could be I mean, I was, I was listening to that part while I was um, at work today because I wanted to just like put as much of it in my brain yeah. as I could, and I I was like laughing. It's funny. Well, I, I I still think it's funny. I think I I think my acting's funny. I think Ty's acting as the game God of Tennis is funny. We didn't mention that. We we made that God of Tennis character look like Dave Clara. Yeah, it looks like I, Dave, but it looks Ty like Dave, but he doesn't down. play it. It's all Ty pitched down. <laughs> He sounds like he sounds like John from Delocated. Like it's 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 <laughs> it's pitched down to a point that I don't think I could ever pinpoint a voice actor without like just knowing it was high. It was funny because we do one song duet together, and mm-hmm. uh, 
you ha- he has to sing the song higher so it can be pitched down to be in the right key as me singing the song, <laughs> which was the uh, one who's like, hold my hand, we're spinning. I don't even remember what the song's like. But yeah, but no, I was saying like there's, yes, it's probably funny. I do think if, if I scan through it, I laugh. From an intellectual point of view, it's like this could be tighter. This could be prettier. This could be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make me regret it or want to change it. Yeah. Like I actually, because it's its own weird thing. It's a, it's almost like you're watching someone have to improvise six hours straight. You know, one of the things that um you said that's always kind of stuck with me about this show, and it's kind of how I view the show, is that it's almost a metaphor for itself. Where Makasu is completing this crazy task, it's like you come like completing this crazy task of getting this done in like eight months. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I didn't go into the project. Like, this isn't Cynic Doge, you know, whatever that movie's called. <laughs> this isn't me being like, and I'll make it about how I made it, and there's all the metaphor. <laughs> a lot of that I found while making it, but then I, like, I tried to lean into it a little. Like, yes, not only is it, oh, uh, this this kid who's an overachiever, so that's me. I've been called too big for my britches by people I like, mm. <laughs> which is being, you know, because I, I'm, I, I, I work in bursts that are sometimes impressive to the right people, not for yeah. everyone. But uh, and, and in that sense, like, I want to take advantage of everyone who thinks that I am impressive to them and just do as much as I can because that's when I feel happy. And then mm-hmm. when I'm not making the thing, I'm like, oh, shit, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'll even have uh, – I've, I've been working on a personal project, and if I finish a piece for that and then I take some time off, especially now that I'm unemployed, so I'm taking a lot of time off, mm-hmm. I have to find a weird balance because I fucking – I can get so annoyed with myself. Like, I didn't do anything. Like, if I maybe just need to write a script in one day or feel, like, a little productive. So this yeah. is – yeah. So, yeah, that's one bit of the metaphor. It's about, like – uh, so, someone who isolates themselves in their craft. For Makasu, it's being a sportsman and finding relics. But then there's also the additional layer that it kind of becomes about pro- appropriation. Because I remember specifically early on, and I mention it in the piece, like, what are you doing making a piece, a friend said to me, about yeah. that's anime, Japanese, about South America, when neither of those things are you. I mean, argue, you could say, you could argue my dad once was a cameraman for NHK. Does that give me any Japanese cred? I don't know. Doesn't. In fact, I was hanging out with my dad. I hadn't seen him in a few years because of COVID, uh-huh. and so I saw him for about a month in November because I hadn't seen him in so long. And uh, he he was flipping through channels, and he passes this show called Captain Tsubasa, and he's like, "Ah, oh, here's those mangas," because in France they don't call them animes because anime in French is the v- verb to animate, <laughs> so uh-huh. they're called mangas. And he says. These are hideous. And this is a guy, like, <laughs> he loves graphic novels. I mean, Belgian and France, like, they're famous for yeah. their graphic novels, their Tintins and their uh, fucking uh, Smurfs. Les Tromphs. Um, <laughs> Boulin, Beale, Gaston Lagaffe. There's so many things. And they're yeah. not, like, necessarily in newspapers. Like, they're in books. Yeah. Like, they're full-page. Tr- so, like, he likes art drawing. He likes cartoons. I remember he, he had VHS as a Betty Boop for me when I was growing up, which is why I'm so horny. Uh, you could have you been wanna, Mr. Boop. I could have been Mr. Boop, but someone else did that. <laughs> uh, no, but that said, he. So I, I'm saying, oh, is my dad, does he give me a pass for being Japanese adjacent? No, he hates the way 
anime looks. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, arguably I have no business making this. And then I, I it, while I was finishing it, I was trying to lean into that a little. Yeah. Because I realized, oh yeah, Makasu is going around the world putting things in his back pocket, which is originally, you know, obviously a simple joke. Oh, he doesn't have a pocket dimension. He has a back pocket dimension. It's in his mm-hmm. pants. But he's literally putting cultural artifacts from different civilizations in his back pocket his for back his pocket. own personal white growth as a white his... male, a white, a white individualist male, you know, <laughs> which his... is, you know, it's like it's an exaggerated way to put it. You know, I don't necessarily. Yeah. Give it. His... Like, yeah. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> his back pocket um, British Museum. Yes, yeah, basically that. Yeah. <laughs> and so and, and that's kind of a reflection of the project. This is me shoving a lot of ideas into something for my own individual success <laughs> for my own like self-expression i'm taking religions from around the world i'm taking south american aesthetics i'm taking mm-hmm. my cheap interpretation of anime uh but i say that it's not just my interpretation i think despite the fact that this is so like you can watch it and be like this is a maxime simonet project i mean it just smells like me mm-hmm. there are also so many other people who contributed in their own ways like all the like I said, the animators Awesome Ink found, you know, to yeah. do this shit on a budget and to give it its own style. So it's it, that's also I think a fun part of it is that it's both the most self indulgent thing mm-hmm. and also a huge collaborative endeavor. So how did you did you like map out the story when you were starting this, or did you just kind of like see where the story like took you? Like, did you know that um, when you started it that like the god of tennis would be like Inti at the end? I'm I I had that, uh, I had that kind of as a twist since the beginning. Yeah, let me see what I can find. I actually have my old outlines. I started by. I, I broke it into a chapter per hour, and Lazo gave me kind of the structure of it making it a bunch of three-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. So then I would just break every hour into 14 three-minute episodes, right? Yeah. Okay, okay Vivi. She's starting There's a time I was, I was streaming with... <laughs> There's this time I was streaming with Derek... Mm-hmm. And we both, we were having connectivity issues, and I think we both thought the other one was fucking with us, <laughs> and that wasn't happening. And that I was thinking, like, what if I was just hitting those keys? So yeah, you're just there hitting wasn't the keys. a key. <laughs> but no, I so I I broke it into uh, outlines, I, and you could I can see actually in here an early version of like chapter four. Chapter four, its original outline was just doubles tennis, special thanks episode. Chapter five, arrived to hot spring, Mama Killa season, because I'd kind of done a short with Mama Killa. Yeah. Six, Vera Kocha, then build up to Inti. And then mm. on the bottom here, it says zoo episode. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, so that's, <laughs> but my, my original shit was like, Fuck, I've got this whole document where I I, I just did a plot outline for every uh, three minutes. But I had originally had an idea since the beginning. Okay, I'm going to pick you up so you don't go walk on that. I should have never turned that on. Uh, I uh, had this idea in the 20-minute version mm-hmm. that it would be a show that never existed and then was just full of ads for products about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, toys for kids, gum, all this shit. Like it was half half the sh- half the show was the fake cartoon, and then yeah. then w- while you went into commercials, there'd be other commercials. So it was like a about over commercializing shit i don't know uh-huh. it's not a great idea and at the end everything was going to explode and the sun was going to win like that was always the idea is that the sun would win it was almost like dark souls like by by winning you get eaten by the sun that yeah. was always the plan there's a bigger plan than you the age of light succeeds itself a god of the sun would always beat a human that doesn't make any you there's no way <laughs> everything yeah. else maybe makes sense and nah, i not not really but but that, that just felt like the epitome like there's no way you can fucking win this and i, I want it to be a tragic ending but it wasn't necessarily going to be the god at tennis at first yeah I, I, my original version though it ended with a quote that i always liked which was from this uh let me see if i can find is there gsmp half hour do i have that written somewhere yeah i have oh i have a list of all the fake ads i wanted to do hmm gamu said to machu gamu gummies <laughs> canoe drawings from benjamin rivera who is a famous adult swim fan special toy in popcorn bags that might melt <laughs> frank zappa album what <laughs> uh gamu said to machu matchstick matchstick <laughs> <laughs> Girls Gone Wild type ad. Who knows what I was writing? But, you know, I had some quote about, like, people expressing themselves only through the media they consume instead of having their own personalities, which was, I guess, kind of the metaphor there. Like, oh, yeah, we we become fandoms. We share gifs of people who make more money than us. Like, yeah. uh, saucy expressions from the Real Housewives of Miami instead <laughs> of our own expressions though that's kind of changed i feel like tiktok has made people uh express themselves even more yeah no definitely um one thing i do love butt cheeks (laughs) one thing i do love about um the sun winning is that like like you kill off um back pocket dimension flying bear it was kind of like a cutesy like mascot and like that's like the end like he does not come back ever like he's dead and i kind of i kind of love like that you went there because even like a lot of uh, adult swim shows wouldn't kill off like their kind of cutesy character that like fans love and it's like no that's Mm -hmm. it they're not coming back they're dead you know what i mean i uh yeah but but i you know i had the freedom to be like this is it this is the end yeah it's which is even when i made season two it was like starting from scratch one character's left he's dead he's in the afterlife i don't Mm -hmm. need a season three when they, yeah, I just remember like when pack, back pocket dimension flying bear gets burned up. I remember every time it's like, oh shit, <laughs> like it's so, it's so brutal. Just like, oh my god. I love the the animation in that final confrontation is really good. So good. Uh, got it. What does my? Because you say says something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so how I, you... I, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna tell you though what I was missing in that show. Uh huh. And this is coming from me. I just finally finished the animated version of Stone Ocean, the most recently animated JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I had read it before. Yeah. But I was watching the animated version, which has been on Netflix for a little while. Mm -hmm. And there's so much just people screaming each other's names at full volume. There's there's a lot of that that. in Game of Studio, I I think. There's not enough. I should have screamed (laughs) it louder. I should have been like, God! I do that once, right? Don't I have one scene where I go, God of Dennis! Well, the one the that sticks in my Chris head, Harrison. 
the, the one that sticks in my head is um him just going Makasu. It's just, that one's so funny. <laughs> that one just always stuck in my head. Oh, Ty is so funny in that. Here's what I wrote. I found my original outline. In between each episode is packaging that reminds us of Saturday morning cartoon blocks, as well as produce 15-second ads for products that are directly related to the show. Gum, action figures, things referenced in previous episodes, pierogies or shrimp, kids' tennis equipment. These would start just stupid, but gradually get pushier and darker. Ugh, so stupid. I'm here, I am shitting on my own writing. As the marathon goes on, the opening would get bustier quicker. And we, eventually the whole marathon would break down into a grim final episode that involves the protagonist being burned as kindling, along with the weakened Incan sun god, Inti, in order to feel the sun's light. Wow, in the original, Inti burns himself to feel the sun. Oh, the credits are disappeared and are replaced with a poetic section that's more akin to video art and subliminal messaging slash hypnosis. It hammers in some pseudo-philosophical musing on consuming media, then it ends. And the quote was, We define ourselves based on the media we consume and share gifs of people who make more money than us instead of expressing our own feelings. So this was the last three sentences, last paragraph yeah. of the game we set to Machu Picchu Morning Cartoons Marathon when pitched as a 20-minute thing and... This is the thing that got me the six hours. Well, that is very that is very infomercials. That is very like um, yeah, and that's what I was going for. Yeah, that's a very four a.m. thing, and it will, uh, definitely that's something that's something that I feel like a lot of people would have like shared or shown people. But I do love I love the four hour version we get because it's just you get to go to like so many places with like the four hour version. Oh yeah, I like it. But, I think um, it's cool. I think it's cool. You know, I, I shat on it, you know, but I tried to turn that around and say, like, everything I could say I would do differently. Yeah. Like, it's not like something where it's like, shit, I wish I could redo that now. It's like, no, that was so of that moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so of the process. Uh, and I don't know if anyone will ever quite understand that uh, in the same way I do, which is no, okay. yeah. Which but, is probably the perfect uh, you, they, they were forced, a few hundred thousand people were at least forced to watch it. <laughs> while, while their girlfriend broke up with them. Well, I... um, so uh, what I want to know is how did you possibly manage to do this and at the same time do an hour of Fish Center and an hour of Blood Feast every day? I came in on weekends and wrote and edited. I also work very fast. Yeah. I have a skill ceiling that I try and push up by learning things, but I'm impatient. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am uh, I am guilty of doing the things that come naturally to me. I yeah. got into acting as a kid because memorizing lines was easy. Yeah. Uh, so I am uh, efficient to a fault, which is why collaboration is always necessary. Like I, mm -hmm. there's certain things I can just I can make happen. I can see a certain vision. And it's always for me, my process uh, expanding and growing has been to like, hey, I need to settle down now. Revisit it this way, you know. The current per, per, current project I'm doing, I am I'm doing. Uh, I'm I've I've improved my drawing enough to not only draw the characters mm -hmm. for it for the most part in the shots, uh, but also like doing storyboards. You know, yeah. like, but at the same time, I I don't like to spend more than a day on the storyboards. <laughs> Well, yeah, for, for that um, for that unnamed project, when I do, like, think about that, I'm just like, hmm, it, it does make me think, like, how you're doing that without, like, a, without, like, the Adult Swim budget. I'm just kind of like, how, how is this, like, look this good, you know? Oh, it's because I'm learning Flash. Oh, cool. And because I'm stealing backgrounds from an 80s TV show. 
<laughs> but, um, but 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 I'm not charging advertising money. There's only a Patreon, so, so there you I'm, go. I, there's nothing illegal about it. It's exactly. just can't sue. Just collage work. But you see, like cheats like that. Like that's how I get things done. Yeah. You know, like, uh, which is why streaming was a good place for me because a lot of that was like in the in the legal, uh, gray area. Yeah. Which is why. Rules. Which is why we'll never be any official Fish Center releases because, like, every episode has like eighteen licensed songs in it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but but yeah, no, I just I just uh, I worked quickly. I don't know, like you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, Awesome Inc. was doing all the animation work. I I busted ass, I think, to be done with editing all the radio plays, which I filled with stage directions. Yeah, I think by the end of. November and by early November they were getting the beginning parts. Oh wow! To animate them, yeah, because the animation takes way longer, of course. So did you Especially even did you, did you animate anything in William Street? Like, was was does William Street like animate? I know they you guys did tender touches at William Street, didn't you? Uh, we did the first episode. Oh okay, but, but the first season was done by a, a guy, uh, a, a fucking fuck now. I'm, losing his name but he was an awesome guy who we managed to afford mm -hmm. uh and now i feel like a dick because i don't remember his name let me find it in my phone see if i can find it yeah i mean i i like to think that i know how william street works but um i'm kind of just going off of like fish center and also just like whatever nothing nothing is animated there unless you take the initiative to animate it there i will say it that way okay uh, that's all right that's like, what i'm that's what i'm thinking we were uh man what the fuck was this guy's name <laughs> jesus i feel like a shitbag uh i liked him <laughs> i liked this guy uh you know who would remember is lauren let's pull up the pull up the episodes on tubi oh you know what i should have done I but, meant... but no, but Tender Touches, we did the first episode. Yeah. It was Lauren and I. I did the background. She did the characters. And then I would take her character poses into After Effects. And we mixed it with the unedited audio for the most part. The other ones were done by Ed Jacoby. That was mm -hmm. his name. And then there the second go. season was done by Six Point Harness. And the third season by Awesome Incorporated. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. So I, I there are some bits of Game of Said to Machu Picchu that were done in-house. Like there's a scene I added near the end that that old one with the uh, fucking uh, the Jade Emperor mm -hmm. been playing rugby. Yeah, it's a scene that I felt like needed to add, uh, and I had an intern at that time. She did a lot of the drawings, and then I would edit it together. You know, uh, uh, Zach White did all of his part, um, which was the uh, the scenes like it's I think two three minute sections together of uh eastern european drag racing or formula one racing that's mm -hmm. it uh with uh oh, what's it called anyway that was that was cool and zach white uh he like mo any other part that was like written by other people they would write like at least a first draft of the script right yeah and then i would take it from there cool but then um, zach white's part like he actually produced all of his oh wow really um but i remember yeah, we went back and forth For, at first i gave him like really vague directions and then the more i went in i was like 
no, this should actually be about sports. <laughs> actually, <laughs> so we made it. A, at first, his first scripts weren't about sports, and I think I had wrote him like, "Yeah, write about the wind." And then I think, I think Lazo was like, "That part's too confusing." And it's like, "Yeah, well, it should be a flashback about how we got his flying bear." I mean, it was so much was just compromising and working quickly like that. It's yeah, like getting small notes, but being like, "I don't have time to. I need to just make it completely well, different." That that makes it feel like nothing else that's been on the network. I think, I think that's like, especially the first season, that's what makes it feel like completely different from anything else in the network is that you can feel like this, it's getting done in eight months. And so it gives like this very like frantic, like pace, I think that is very specifically like game. Well, but... and, and the thing is, if we were less like too cool for school at adult swim, which I mm -hmm. no longer work there. Uh, thanks to, corporate layoffs mm -hmm. uh <laughs> sounds so pathetic to say uh I mean, but if, if we were if we if we were less too cool for school there we would have done something that you know the way i think they would have done it on mtv or comedy central or a viacom owned place it would have been like Eight months ago, we saw how could we make a six-hour cartoon in eight this minute. You know, like yeah, that would be the marketing. That's and labor, Adult would never have that be the marketing. Yes, but it would probably be more successful. If people knew <laughs> how long this took to make, they would have a completely different perception of it. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, no, don't explain it. Just let it be it, which is what yeah. I also like. Just let it be the thing that it is. Let it so, be the thing that it is. How did you get hooked up? So Tayson Day, the Chocolate Rain guy, does some of the theme songs. And also, who's the guy you got for the um the song in the first episode that's really good? Is it Father? Father does songs in the first and second act and the fourth act. Okay. Uh, and that was he had been on Fish Center, and I think Lazo said you should get you should just have some of them be music videos. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's a three minute segment chapter. Let we could go into my outline. Let's go, let's go to the abbreviated outline. Act one, part, uh, uh, shit. Part 12, Nakasu plays a legal match of tennis over father trap music. Oop. <laughs> that song I is need so to go good. check my oven. It's really good. Um, so that was just, you know, he's interested in Adult Swim. He came on to mm -hmm. things. He was, he probably worked with. DeMarco on something at some point. DeMarco might have suggested him. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Tayson Day was close with Rich Arenas. Uh, Arenas. Arenas. I mispronounce his name. I don't know. I work with him all the time. Mm -hmm. If anybody wants to know the unnamed project I've worked on in my personal time, uh, he does, like, all the music for that. Oh, And cool. uh, I think the first thing we worked on together was not even worked on together. I think he just, he composed, he, he, he was a watcher of blood feast. And I had done a thing where, uh, it was about Rick and Morty and I couldn't show the episode anymore. So yes. I just let Classic. interns throw avocados at me and had people call in to complain. They couldn't see Rick and Morty before we did a staged reading of it. And some people on Reddit said I should be fired for making fun of the fan base or something. Like that. It was so stupid, but, uh, it was, it, it was also awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love the Taco uh, and, Bell one too. But there, yeah, that one was fun. We just eat Taco Bell, and it's in the reflections of our glasses because we I couldn't love that show one the so episode. Uh, but I did a, I improvised a song over stock music, 
at that point. And they went like, it's Rick in the morning, baby. Where are you calling from? Something, mm-hmm. something, something. And I just went like that. And Rich knew Tayson Day from just doing music and being proactive himself. Yeah. Because he works in Hollywood as a guy making music and doing sound mixes. And he, so he had Tayson Day sing that. And then somehow it turned into, can you get Tayson Day to do anime songs and then i would write him languages and uh, lyrics in english and rich would sloppily translate them into japanese and have tay's on day sing <laughs> apparently tay took japanese in high school and helped a little but you know how they're probably all wrong <laughs> <laughs> i the openings there's a really good um youtube video that just puts like all the openings in one like 10 minute long mm-hmm. video yeah. and it's so good i listen to it all the time the openings are like just incredible what's your favorite one i think i have a favorite one but what's it, your favorite one it might be the one with uh for chapter four i think that one's my favorite i love the i love the animation in that one um i love i love um naughty naughty hot tub dancing of course it's a stone cold classic they're all good but i think four and five are probably my favorites i think f- I think, uh, yeah, like a sports ball. I think is my favorite. Yes, that's. I couldn't place the title of it. Yes, love I think one. it's also so beautifully animated. Uh, it's I yeah, it's amazing. Who, who the woman is? I I forgot. I I think she was a student at SCAD at the time. We got her to do the first promotional piece for Game of Setu season two. Mm-hmm. That was like a recap trailer. And that yeah, was yeah, yeah. To afford that. Oh, uh, beautiful. Here, here's here's great comments from that YouTube video though. I hate that the openings were better than the show. Should I reply? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Here's my address. Come suck my fucking fingers after I punch you out, bitch. <laughs> Another ghost on YouTube. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> this is a real threat. Try Just try and arrest me. I'm too fast. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm too fast um, to be arrested. I got three bikes. I will slice you. <laughs> um this is like tangentially related so i was into fish center in like 2015 and then i was into it again in 2018 and then like i got into it like really really hardcore during like quarantine and that lasted until like now essentially mm-hmm. but um the thing that got me into fish center again was somebody posting the adult swim subreddit like is dave okay and i clicked on it and it was i think it's from like april and it was, I watched the episode, and it's Dave, like, drinking, I think it's, like, a lacrosse, and he just starts, like, just screaming at the top of his lungs at, like, everybody <laughs> on the show. Well, and... We just, we would, there, we were doing that so much, and there was, like, so many, like, people involved every time. We'd get upset at each other for real. It yeah, was, that's the tough thing. to work that closely with people. Can I, I actually, I need to go check on... I need to go check on my pork butt in the oven. I think okay. I need to take the lid off. I'll be right back. All right, cool. Uh, my girlfriend's going to say I checked it, but I need to take the lid off. What is the hell? <laughs> Sent me a, 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 a list of Chris Chan crimes against animals. Oh, uh, okay. No. Well, Anna, can you hear me right now? I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Okay, Anna. Remove the lid. And continue cooking until a knife or fork shows very little resistance. So check it now. Maybe there, I mean, there was a bone in there, so it could be done. If it seems shreddable, turn it off. If not, just leave it in there for another 30 minutes, and then we'll check. 
There we go. This is how you cook meat. Uh, just <laughs> a great J. Kenji Lopez. I got his book for Christmas. I love that guy. He has a great series he was making like in February where he's like, hey, I'm going to show you how I make my barbecue pork butt, but without the barbecue sauce, and mm-hmm. then show you how you can use pulled pork that's, uh, that's adaptable to like pasta or a fried rice or a soup or like, you know, and I was like, oh, I want to do that. That cool. sounds like a fun idea. Yeah. But um no I that episode of Fish Center I remember because it's like this is also I had not known that like t- this is my first like exposure to like Tina being the fifth host because I had not known that she had joined as like a fifth mm-hmm. host and like Dave is just screaming and then Tina sounds like actually genuinely scared and then Matt Harrigan just goes what's well, a Dave host it since he's such a badass now <laughs> Yeah, Tina. I I pushed her to be involved, and then I made many jokes at her expense. Uh, I put her on the fire pan. I will take responsibility and blame for that and for all the trauma it's caused her. But I also think she's very funny. No, I love her. Um, in season three of Tender Touches, I wonderful performance. Um, yeah. So speaking of like Fish Center and like chat and stuff, so was Bendy Rivers created? for like benjamin rivero did you have that character that you like it was created that's definitely it's a joke on his name yeah i mean but but also it was like oh, i want to make zenigata like from lupin the Mm -hmm. third yeah but yeah no no we i knew pretty early on that he would just play him and i think fun fact lazo at the time i think was playing red dead redemption 2 which i just tried to turn on today and didn't get through the first cutscene. Uh-huh. Because I was like, I don't want to play this shit. This, <laughs> fuck... this is like watching a fucking Well, I was gonna say a Scorsese or a fucking uh uh a Tarantino movie, but I feel like mm-hmm. both those are campier yeah. than Rockstar. No offense. But it's like it's like crime drama. <laughs> You yeah. know, which I like, but then it's like, no, there's gonna be like 80 hours of this. Yeah, so not gonna play it right now. Maybe I'll pick it up in two more hours. Who knows? But uh, but Lazo is playing that, and he named his horse Bendy Rivers. He loved the name so much. <laughs> did he did he get that from Game of Sedu, or did he come yep. up with that? And then you? No, 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 no. He he liked it in the script. Okay, that's funny. And in the radio plays, yeah. Um, let's see what else I got here. I can go through some of um the questions I got from the Adult Swim Discord. Someone wants to know um what your best Lazo story is. If you don't want to tell because he's your mentor, that's fine. But um, just what your best Lazo story that you can tell us is. He, he I I watched him uh kill someone. <laughs> you watched him personally chuck old blue into the into the ditch. No, no, a human he, being with a. So you know Cutco knives. Mm-hmm. They sell uh, scissors that you can cut through uh pennies with and uh he was doing a demonstration on uh his a man he hated who mm-hmm. was an, Ill- an illegal alien from beirut and he cut his throat open with scissors i don't know no i don't know <laughs> what my favorite lazo story is man i like that he named that shit bendy rivers i love that yeah. he came to my parking lot on like that last fish center episode oh my out, god you know? yeah that's uh, that's seared into my brain. Too. I I, lo- I love that he said women can't write comedy. That oh, that's no. probably my favorite. <laughs> oh no! And then and then tried to create social media accounts to respond to it because <laughs> he's like, shit. What did I say? <laughs> oh, the one person he's ever gotten to a fight with on Twitter is the creator of BoJack Horseman. Oh man, I don't. I I, I uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure there are plenty. Uh, I I just felt honored to be liked by a problematic fave. (laughs) 
Um, so another one, someone wants to know, like, what you thought about, um, like, Gamuseidu airing on Toonami. Like, if, did you think it fit on there, or would you rather it air on, like, the, like, the block proper, or? I don't remember. I think I wanted it to be like that, and I also think I wanted it to be 14 weeks of 11-minute episodes instead of what ended up happening. Yeah. Which was better, because they were written as half hours that I broke in half anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I like it, but I know it wasn't really for the audience. And I also, but I also have been experimenting with drawing characters and anime styles more and more recently for my own personal projects. And uh, I do see ways. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I know, I know there's probably a way to make it fit better. Yeah. I think, I think the epitome of that. But it just goes to show it probably cost maybe as much as the whole season. I can't say for sure to do that mm. Ballmasters special. Yeah, that that looks like it belongs there. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know where it should have belonged. I thought it was a cool idea. I, Demarco was nice to me about it. Um, I know some Tunami fans didn't dig it, and I'm like, okay, you know. Well, they're watching. What they're can watching I say? Anime Weekly on cable. Who the fuck cares what they're thinking? <laughs> well, <laughs> I care because that I wanted people to watch it. You know? Yeah. You gotta care. I can't be too cool for an audience. Then what's the fucking point? Fair. Uh, um, and uh, I would like to it to fit every, anywhere. I would have liked to have ten times the budget. I would like a lot of things. Yeah. That said, though, when I look back at clips of Game of Center Two, I'm like, I think this looks cool. I actually, this, it really, I laugh it at does. it. I think it's. I think it's, I'm impressed that I, it fits together in my own little max logic. It's not for everyone, but I, I like, I like what it is. Okay. And she's on the keyboard. Oh no. She, okay. We're all good. All right. What were you going to say? Sorry. Um, the next question is what does Jason DeMarco's office smell like? Ooh, smells like, uh, him blasting music and playing video games during work hours. <laughs> piece of um, shit no he doesn't other... smell bad I'm, I was probably the worst smelling person at the office or one of them one of them is what is your favorite and least favorite TV shows on right now like not adult swim shows you're a freak uh, <laughs> I'm watching speaking of anime I just read 20th Century Boys and I'm watching Monster which is mm -hmm. by the same writer uh, mm -hmm. which I don't think was ever released on American TV. So that's like old, that's in standard def. But that's something I'm watching and I'm interested in. I, I was really, really into Palti Goldman. I, mm -hmm. In some ways, it feel, felt like a less morally gray rehearsal, even though it's also very different. Uh, yeah. There's also absolutely people who are involved with it. Um, it's a documentary, kind of, uh, about a guy who uh, thinks his wife was part of a prostitution ring and scammed him out of a lot of money, his ex-wife, and so he wrote books about it because he couldn't get justice, and then he wrote screenplays. So mm -hmm. they talk to him about it and look into it in this documentary while also creating reenactments of his screenplays. Uh, and it's funny. Hmm. And the guy is fascinatingly uh, insane, but in a way that's like all of us, because wouldn't we all like to get a story out there and get lost in making a story? Maybe I relate to it more than other people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, least favorite, though. Was that the question, too? A yes. least favorite? Yes. Uh, 
Oh, shit. I feel like there was something on. God, I can't say this, though. Because <laughs> I don't want anyone involved to be disappointed in me. Yeah. I tried over and over to get in. And I would get so angry. <laughs> Some people angry. hate what I do, okay? And, you know, I think there's plenty of interesting ideas. I think... Because I read those comics, too. I think there's a way they're written that is just not for me. Like, yeah. the sense of humor or, like, you know, the snarkiness. I don't even know what it is. But I would, like, it's like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch a couple episodes. My girlfriend's binging them. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be like, I have to get up. And that doesn't happen for anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the only reason I have an answer is because I reacted so strongly to it. To be fair, it's like a bit of a weaker version of the Venture Brothers. Which oh, yeah. I mean, everything seems like a weaker version of the Venture Brothers. It's kind of true. I, 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 I don't even want to watch. First reaction is like, didn't I watch six seasons of Adventure Brothers already? Yeah. Why would I watch DC's version? Of like the one that I really think is that like the real like successor. Like, I mean, it's nowhere near as good. I do love that show. I love that show a lot, but it is like the Venture Brothers is you know like it's so hard to like get close to. But um, I yeah, there's a lot of things right now that do kind of feel even like the MCU itself. Well, a lot of their what they try to do feels like a weaker version of the Venture Brothers. I, I remember I felt that way with uh, – I don't even know if I felt it was weaker at first, but my first watch of uh, Thor Ragnarok, I was like, shit, they're just yeah. doing Venture Brothers jokes now. Yes. You know? And but then Thor 4 sucked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, that it, it sucked so much. <laughs> I yeah. was uh, when I think that's the one of the only times I've gone to a theater and legit be disappointed. Like I get annoyed at my friends for saying they hate things or they say things suck. Any critique like that, I don't like. I try and be like, okay, you know, I also am someone who makes controversial things that maybe only I understand. I want to understand. I want to look at it and see what's there and understand it and enjoy it and let myself have a good time shit there there was a whole thing when dave and i went to see that movie bros as a mm -hmm. joke kind of <laughs> dave will tell you like oh yeah max was like laughing I'm like i like to let myself laugh like yeah. it wasn't the best movie at all but it's like no i want to see what they're trying to do to be funny i want to have a good time yeah it's uh uh that said thor 4 is terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah it may, may, may i i like taika waititi i don't want to let him become a laughing stock who's just got lost in having threesomes and too many projects at once. I, I want him to do great things. Uh, yeah. But Thor 4 sucks. Uh, no, yeah. I, I, my... Are you okay with talking about um, Disney ripping off your ideas? Oh, and uh, the, the the joke about... Talk about the ship of Theseus? The ship of... Oh, yeah, they did that. They did ship of Theseus, and then they went to the Egyptian under afterworld. They, they, they literally had the same line. <laughs> Almost that I had in, uh, in uh, Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah I mean it's both. not a ripoff. That's it's not a ripoff, but it's fun to say it is. No, where's my money, Mister Feige? DC stealing your content. Um, is there anyone you wanted to get in this show that you couldn't get? Uh, huh. Uh, 
<laughs> I can't. I don't think so, but I don't think I was crazy ambitious either. Yeah. I got someone like... who's uncredited in the second season. Uh-huh. So, was season two ever going to be, like, another four-hour thing, or did you always intend it to be, like... No, I, I was like, let me transition this into a show. Yeah. That's what it was intended from the beginning. Um, and I remember it was, like, a month or two after the April Fool's came out that I was, like, had the idea. I was like, oh, Afterworlds. He's dead. Afterlives. That's a big part of religions. Mm -hmm. And at first I'd written it with sports in mind, and I think Lazo said, don't do sports. I don't know if he's right about it, but I appreciate that. I think it's, I think it became something else that it's not about sports. And yeah, about also, music. <laughs> right? It's about yeah. music, is it? <laughs> <laughs> did you have to wait? Did you have to wait for that renewal? Did they, did they immediately go like, yeah, make more of it? Uh, I think I had to talk with Mike and I had to send him some scripts, and he was like, uh, in and out, and then he retired, and then, but I think he convinced Walter Newman and the other developers to be like, sure. Yeah, do it. So cool. I had a radio play, I think for the first episode. Yeah. As a proof of concept in December, uh, that following year. Yeah. And they were saying, okay, yeah, we'll get budget. You could start animating these. And I was like, yes. Um, so we do, I do a kind of thing on here because I run an account called it also a merch archive where I just post like all the, um, all the, bullshit i waste my money on um and so i do like to do sort of like a merch corner sometimes on this show so for game Usedu merch you can get um the drumsticks which i have it's the only one that i do have is the drumsticks there's also a tennis ball i think with the logo on it yeah there's the makasu body pillow i forgot about that that shit's awesome is that it is that is that the only three pieces of merch there are i think so but they're good ones i yeah, have uh, the I have some of the uh, action figures, whatever, that were from the first season. Mm, that would be like a 1065 item. Yeah, except I want to keep them. Oh, absolutely. But <laughs> um, yeah, I have the drumsticks. I have the, the Death Beats drumsticks. I miss, I've seen on Adult Swim, I miss getting their bullshit. Um, I have not posted Sir Squirt in the Adult Swim merch archive. I don't know if it's disrespectful or not, because he is like technically someone's pet. Um, he's dead. Yeah, post you it. Think? think I should post it? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> oh, maybe I have the least amount of empathy, according to Dave and Cho. Or I, I think Matt would think it's fine. Yeah. Um. No, let's fine. see. We can probably start wrapping this up here. So the big question I want to ask is. If you were given the opportunity to do more, kind of like like the Kingstar King special or like the the Aqua Teen movie, if you could do like more Gamusetu, would you want to do more? Would you want to like, or do you think that story's done? No, I, I think I have ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I had one that was called uh, Gamusetu Highest Noons, which is an idea I had pretty quickly after the second season because mm -hmm. I liked the idea of treating uh, Twon and Titty's boat kind of like the um, the bathhouse in Spirited Away. Yeah. It felt like it could feel like a strange character in itself and have weird passengers. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like the idea of her Dr. Legs and Josie traveling so uh, be... purgatories, you know, and uh, and there was a, a an idea that it would culminate. Like, if I, in my head, it was a movie that's <laughs> like, oh, let's look at these goofy three characters doing fucking 
they they work in the afterlife. You know, one uh -huh. has noodle arms, one's a breast on their head, one's made a hand. But already, that's like okay, yeah, spirits. Like you know, fucking if you went to the spirit world in the Avatar cartoon, you could see that. You know, don't have to explain yeah. it. You could just be in flat straight. These are three people who have a boat, like because I mean, Titty is just like um. Uh, 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 the, the uh, what's his face on the river sticks? Like they, they're called. Uh, uh, they are called uh, psychopomps, uh -huh. and they uh, that is in 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 spiritual texts or mythology. That's something. A psychopomp basically takes you to your afterlife. So the idea of following psychopomps is interesting. The spiritual guide of a soul is a psychopomp. Mm -hmm. So what? Yeah, I think we could come in with little introduction. Here are people on a boat dealing with souls, and then yeah. the way it would really tie into Game Setu is global warming is caused by Inti having one, <laughs> and they have to go <laughs> stop him in like a Wild West world or something like that. Oh, that's, awesome. <laughs> that was where, that's where it went, <laughs> and it was like I think we even I I had uh I think Laholtzen made like sprite art for it too, like all uh -huh. the characters as sprites. <laughs> and it was called the highest noons. <laughs> would you put would would Makasu be in that or would be no Makasu? No, he'd be whatsoever? gone. He'd be gone. Yeah. All right, awesome. Um do you have anything else you want to talk about with your with your magnum opus here or your masterpiece? Uh I well, I appreciate everybody who's listened. Uh <laughs> I love all of you. You so thank you so much everybody for coming and listening to this podcast. I hope it's cool. I hope I didn't misrepresent anybody or do anything stupid again. <laughs> oh my god, I hate it. Um that said, uh oh shit. I'm trying to find I, I once tried to make an SRPG for Gimisetu, like a fire hmm. emblem type game. That'd be um, awesome. Yeah, and it was like gonna retell like the story a little bit, uh, and uh, Rich and I said to each other, "Oh, maybe we should release a jazz album of all the songs called Gemusetu Macchiato." That'd be like, so good. Just a chill. I'll show you. I'll send you right now the uh, the graphic I made for it. Uh, oops, oops, and then I accidentally deleted my messages with Rich. Okay. Uh, I don't think they're deleted. I think they're hidden. Anyway, I was going to say, uh, if people like things that are similar to what I make, I'm most likely not involved with a YouTube channel called Pharaoh One Productions. F-A-R-A-O-N-E. means Pharaoh in Italian. They started with a series of an ARG uh, on a cartoon that apparently an Italian company made in the 80s called Gilbert Garfield where Gilbert Gottfried played Garfield that's crazy and now they're releasing clips from other projects they made including an anime for the Japanese in the 80s where cats in robot suits play soccer but it seems to be mostly about teen issues and a movie made in the early 2000s where Shia LaBeouf played Oyster Boy Wow, this is fun They do great stuff. work at Ferone. They do great it's, work over It's there. interesting things, and uh, I, I'm i pretty sure they have a Patreon, and I think it's worth looking at if you like uh, web content that isn't as well produced as Meat Canyons. <laughs> <laughs> or not drawn as well. And you can um, we can follow this podcast on Twitter at Owls Only Pod. Please, follow please follow this podcast on Owls Only Pod. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I mostly just retweet stuff at um, Please Fitzgerald follow Bryce. 
Um, you can follow my Instagram, Adult Swim Merch Archive. You can see me post um shit that I get from Dave Bonowitz in the mail. Please. Uh oh, follow Swimpedia. Swimpedia does great work. Um, I'm big friends everybody over there. So follow Swimpedia, that kind of Please stuff. Please follow Swimpedia on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, all that. Um, all right, we can wrap this up. You got anything else? Please. Please go to Jake, look up J. Kenji Lopez on YouTube. Watch his cooking videos. I think they're very non-pretentious. He welcomes a lot of people's just cooking with what you got at home. Um, just w w watch that. Hell yeah. Watch that on YouTube and Faraone Productions. Watch Paul T. Goldman um, and just send me good vibes. <laughs> Watch, Bro, well, watch Game of Sendo on HBO Max. Make your watch friends Game of Sendo on fucking HBO Max. You... And guess what? Here's our song to end the whole show. If you're, if you, if you, if you got some time to relax and you're not sure what to do just turn on Game Usetu on HBO Max and watch the adventures of Makasu you're gonna really like it and if you don't, you can just turn it off. 